Welcome to Alert and Oriented, conversations about God between friends. Join Gary Barkalow and Sam Williamson as we talk about real life with the real God, really. This morning I read, as, as part of my sort of daily prayer time, I read My Utmost for His Highest. And today, by the way, is February 5th. And what struck me, and I emailed Gary and I said, Gary, this struck me. I, this, this is a quote from My Utmost for His Highest, February 5th. He says, it is one thing to follow God's way of service as you're, if you are regarded as a hero, but quite another thing, if the road marked out for you by God requires being a doormat, requires becoming a doormat under other people's feet. And you know, Gary, I just, I you know, like a hundred thoughts went through my mind as I read that, but I was very struck by the humility of Oswald Chambers saying that. Number one is when he wrote that, he wasn't famous. I mean, it was very easy. He became famous, you know, hundred years later, he's he's got like 30 books and, you know, a hundred million copies sold. But at the time he had never sold a single book. And, you know, he was teaching in a little college that he called it sort of a Christian college that had 18 people in it. You know, so, I mean, he was sort of a nobody, and yet he's teaching the spiritual value of being a nobody. And I was struck because I know that when I speak at a church or a retreat or when I write an article or when I write a book, you know, there is this temptation in me to write something I don't know, spectacular, you know, sensational, famous, you know, that'll catch everybody's eye and attention. And I know there's a constant struggle in me because even the topic itself can be determined by whether I'm trying to be a hero or famous or gain esteem or gain an, an audience or gain, gain likes, or if I'm willing to be a doormat, and but do the thing that I think God has called me to do. And, and sometimes the thing God has called me to do isn't famous or popular or big or going to get me lots of names. It might get people who drop off my list. And I think God is asking me, am I willing to do that? Yeah. Well, and Sam, you know, we've talked a lot about the importance of discerning our motive. Yeah. And, and even the difficulty of that, it really has to be the Holy Spirit that that reveals the motive in our heart. And so first of all, let me say, yeah, you always beat me to Oswald Chambers because you're two hours before me. <laughs> and that it's always, not going to my, my great spiritual depth. It's just timing. <laughs> it's just a time zone thing. That's all. <laughs> it's time zone. But, you know, I appreciated seeing that um, right away that you had emailed me and it was, it was about Oswald Chambers today, which took me to that right away. And and really struck me um, be, because, yeah, just, just the idea of why do I do what I do? You know, I love to speak about calling. You love to speak about hearing God and also the messages of the world and how it affects the church as us as believers. And so I, I do gain a lot of joy out of speaking on calling. But I am aware that I can't do it simply because I enjoy it. It really has to be for the sake of others. Um, because if it's not, then I am so prone to always look for a reaction. Are they getting this? Are they appreciating it? Is something changing in them? 
And 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 I do know at that point now I have contaminated the, the thing that God has given me. You know, so this idea of hero or doormat, those those two contrasting words really hit me because to be honest, I do want to live as a hero, you know, and I, and I want others to see me as a hero. This idea of doormat, that just is very distasteful to me. But I understand the, the spiritual significance of I'm doing this for you, you know, it, yeah. And so it, it was a it was a it was a stunning um, devotional that made me think, yeah, it was so good. But. Literally, I email you in the middle of my prayer time while I'm reading this, you know, devotional, and I'm struck by the idea of my motivation being a hero or a doormat. And if I'm going to be honest, like you just said, I want to be a hero, not a doormat. Mm-hmm. And then you refer to it as, what's my inner motivation? What's the motivation of God in my heart? And the very next thing is I'm going through the Gospel of Matthew. And so I get to Matthew 6. It's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And he, Jesus goes through a few things. He says, uh, beware of being generous in front of other people. And then he says, beware of how you pray. Don't be like the hypocrites who like to get all this fame. And then when you fast, don't fast so that it makes you look really cool. And he says, do not lay up treasures on earth but lay them up in heaven. So in my mind, God is deliberately, again, pointing at the motivation. Are you are you being generous because you're really generous? Are you being generous because you want all the fame and applause? You want to be the hero of the one who's generous. And I just think God is up to something in this for me. And then I liked your word where what is my inner motivation? And I think God is purifying our motivations. I sure hope that I'm more generous now than I was 40 years ago. And that it's more hidden in my heart than it is wanting the praise. But I think there's a huge event. You know, you and I did a retreat last fall on the value of a self-examined life, of a spiritual, the spiritual health of a self-examined life. And I do think in this area, it's so healthy for us to examine our motivation. Am I being generous for the praise I get? Or am I being generous because God has changed my heart to want to give other people what I have? Right. And I think also, and again, you know, for those listening, we're hoping to get this um, course up, you know, shortly in a while. But, and just being open to the Lord revealing what's going on in our our heart. Because for me, he really has to reveal it because the overwhelming sense of, I'm really helping you, right? This is valuable, right? You're really glad I'm talking to you, right? You know, all those things that go on. And and partly it comes out of because I believe that what God has shown me, you know, we can talk about calling or some other things. I, I do think they're valuable. They're they're life-changing, life-giving, life-enhancing. And I do want people to receive what has helped me, given me life. But, so let me give you an example. So, Sam, you're aware of this. You weren't out here at the time, but... Two weeks ago or so, we brought out one of our friends out to my church to speak on uh, mentoring, how to come alongside another person at a life-to-life level, and very excited about bringing him out. You and I know what he shares from just his doing it over the years and, and, and you know, studying scripture and studying the lives of those who's come alongside of. 
was very excited about that. And I was simply going to be hosting him speaking for several hours. Um, very excited about it. But you know what? It felt a little different when I was back in the sound booth and he was up on the stage. I was enjoying people enjoying him. And then I was wondering if they were enjoying the fact that I put this on. <laughs> and, it, and, and, and the image that came to me, actually, while I was trying to be aware of my heart in the midst of, you know, helping promote the message that God put on his heart was, you know, there's times in PowerPoint or Keynote where you have two images and you want one image to be in the background and one to be in the forefront. And so you have to click on an image and say, I want this in the forefront and I want this in the background. And I felt that came to me and I felt like God was speaking to me and saying, so are you okay with me clicking on your image and putting it in the background? <laughs> and part, and, and I think the good part of me was, yes, I love that this is happening. And I'm a part of helping him do what God's created him to do and speak on what he's supposed to speak on. Um, and I felt good about feeling good about that, but I did have to go back to the very, you know, to, to my motives. In this Oswald Chambers devotion, it, it starts with a scripture, as he always does. And this is Philippians 2.17, which reads, If I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. And that hit me again, this idea of, you know, for instance, this this uh, conference that we were doing was, I I did enjoy part of it being poured out by allowing and helping Barry speak on the subject, which would then increase the faith of others and their ministry. So that was, that was a lesson on that, which, again, reading Oswald Chambers' devotion today took me back to that going, okay, this is what God was up to in me. As you were talking, I, I was reminded again of the passage I read where Jesus ends these contrasts. Are you going to be generous for their sake or for my sake? Are you going to pray just to be applauded? But he ends by saying, do not lay up treasures for yourselves on earth where moth and rust destroy. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys. For where your heart is, for your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. But what struck me was, I think to the degree that I really believe in God, I really believe in my heart, to the degree that I really think my life is eternal with God, I think to that degree, I can just serve him without needing anything here on earth. I mean, there's a certain way... What I need at this moment is not to grit my teeth and say, quit doing it that way, quit doing it that way, quit doing that way. But what I need is to say, God, reveal to me what eternal life with you is like. Reveal to me what the future kingdom is like. Reveal to me what an infinitesimal, tiny snapshot of my eternal <laughs> life I'm living right now. And I can live for the future kingdom. I mean, if I'm really living for the future kingdom because I see it, I'm going to be thrilled if you're on stage and I'm, what was your metaphor? If I'm the picture that's put in the background, I don't right. care. I don't, I just don't, it's just, just, isn't that great? Right. But if I'm only thinking about this earth, this time, these 70 or 80, maybe be, may it be 80, not 70. Um, <laughs> if I'm only thinking about these 75 years, then of course I need to be on front page. 
so so in a certain sense, instead of just gritting my teeth, I think God is saying, Sam, be aware of eternal life. And and you can let go of fame on this earth, which is yeah. such a frail thing anyway, we already know. Right. I mean, it only takes a second to lose what you think you just gained, you know. Yeah. And and you know, the thing I, I'm I'm thinking about as you're saying this is, you know, I did an interview as part of Legends of the Call with a man named Dell Tackett. Yeah. And it's on the nobleheart.com. You can you can just see it there under Legends of the Call. And listening to his story, asking him to talk about a story and how did God guide him, lead him, speak to him to, to the point that he is to where he is today? He went through a number of, they weren't failures, but they were, he would get to a place where he believed he was supposed to be and it was going really well and it would stop. Whether it, it no longer existed or he was let go or, or, Something came in the way. I mean, it was, I've never heard a story like this where it happened time and time and time again. And I asked him, you know, what what did you learn through this? And and one of them was with a leader who it just didn't go well with him. And and therefore, when it didn't go well with him, it didn't go well with the ministry. And I asked him, I said, Wow, what what have you learned from this? I've not gone through what you have, not to that extent. And he started talking about this idea of success. Or, or significance, really, is what he used. And he said, you know, so many ministries, whether it's personal or it's organizational or corporate, it starts with a person who, who ha- God has given them a vision of something that they want them to bring to others. And they really are living out of the significance of their life in Christ. And But then after a while, what they're doing gain some significance. People talk about, oh, this is so good. I'm so glad you're doing it. And no one else is saying this or producing this and and so on. And they start feeling the significance of others in this world, as you were talking about. And and so when that wanes, it's it's almost like a drug addiction. When When it wanes, you'll do anything to get that drug back again or have that other drink or whatever it is that brings that feeling. And so it goes from the significance of our our relationship with God to our significance of what we're doing and what people say. And he just said, I've seen it time and time and time again. And he said, I I believe that the desire for significance is God-given, and we get it from him being his son or daughter. Um, but the world says, oh, if, if God's put that in your heart, I can answer that quicker and better and better. And and I'm so all the more hearing that I thought, oh, I so, God, I so want to be aware of my motive, of what I do. And if I get any sort of gratitude given to me, I can't let that have a hook into me and say, oh, this is even better. And I can manufacture this by doing more of this because I know where it's going to lead. I, this, you know, if I'm here to others, I can, I can start li- trying to live off of that. And that's always going to be dangerous. The Dell Packet story is really moving, um, and, and I, I it it reminded me again of another scripture best. So I'm going through Psalms this year, and I'm trying to remember some, commit it to memory. You know, and I'm picking easy verses that I've heard before because my scripture memorization is so abysmal. <laughs> but about a week and a half ago, I was in Psalm 37, 
which is just a really fun psalm. And I memorized verse four that said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. And I've heard this preached about, taught about, I've read about it. And I've, I've so often, I haven't liked the sense I got of the preaching, teaching, reading, because it was sort of like, if you really want to have a good, successful family, just delight in the Lord, and then he'll give you a good, successful family, you know, or he'll give you a good career, or he'll give you a good relationship with your wife, or, you know, you'll have kids that are delight. And I always thought, it didn't sit well with me because in a certain sense, what I think it was saying is if I delight myself in a good relationship with the Lord, or with, with my wife, then God will give it. But it doesn't say if I delight myself in a good relationship with the wife, God will give it. It says if you delight yourself in a good relationship with the Lord, God will give me the desires of my heart. And in, and it's not, so I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it's meant to be a manipulative way to get God to give me what I want. Mm-hmm. And I think it's used too much. Hey, Gary, if I give you a compliment, you know, will you let me speak at your church? You know, I mean, it's just sort of like manipulation, you know? Right, right. I feel like God, I, f- I feel like the passage said, Sam, if you really delight in me, I will be your delight and you will forever have the greatest delight in your life. And I thought about it. And you and I know I quit my job 16 years ago last month. And I realized I don't care about the fact that I had a position. I don't care that I was an owner of a company. I don't care that I had a title. None of those things mean anything to me. The things that mean something to me are my family and my friendships. These are the most significant delights of my heart. I like having a friendship with you. If I didn't have a friendship with you, I would feel loss. Quitting my job, I didn't feel loss, you know? Yeah. And I think God is saying, Sam, I can have. I can have a relationship with the Lord of that way. And it's so much better than just having some of these other things that I think of as, you know, success at a career. I feel like God is saying, Sam, you can have a delight in me. What is your real motivation here? I feel that's getting back to motivation. Sam, what is your real motivation? Are you manipulating me to pretend you have a delight in me? Or are you really learning to delight in me? And if I delight in him, I don't care if I'm a hero or a doormat. Because I I have the desire of my heart, which is the Lord. Well, and as you say that, I think about the people that I most enjoy being with or the people that have had the greatest impact on me are people who who really, I can say, they delight in the Lord. They, They don't delight in their position, their title, you know the number of friends they have. They they don't delight in those things. They delight in the Lord and they're a delight to be with. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think that's really true. You know, the other thing that that occurs to me, and I think we've mentioned it in passing in different settings, but I, I, you know, I I really see it. There there can be two things in our life as we walk with God. There's calling, which we've talked about. The, the, The very essence of Christ's life in us as we bring to others, and it's unique to us that we bring to others. But there's also serving. And sometimes they are not the same, you know. <laughs> and Very God brings often a, not. <laughs> Yeah, God brings a need before us, before me, and says, will you serve that person? Will you serve that situation? And, and I can't excuse it by saying, well, that's not my strong point. That's not in my wheelhouse. That's not the glory of my life. I think he says, will you serve? 
And yeah. and you know what? You're not going to get recognized for it. And this is a doormat sort of thing. You know, one of the things that he, that Oswald Chambers wrote in his at the end of the devotional, as he said, some saints cannot do menial work while maintaining a saintly attitude <laughs> because they feel such service is beneath their dignity. Oh my goodness, that is such a striking statement that I can't maintain the view of myself that I really am a saint when you ask me to do something that I believe is beneath my dignity, you know, to set up chairs, to clean the bathrooms. I'm, I'm thinking like in my church. I used to get so upset. There were times when, you know, I would do, I, I was over, I am over men's breakfasts, but I remember going in and having to order the food the night before, go to the restaurant, pick up the food, get over. I'd have to set up the tables and the chairs the night before. I'd have to set up the table we're putting the food on. Um, you know, I'd have to make sure the room was warm enough. And after a while, I would get so upset. And I really felt like this is below, beneath my dignity. I am the speaker here. This is not for me to do. Now, there was a little bit of wisdom. I felt like I was saying, Gary, do you have to do everything? You know, there are, there are those who would love to come alongside and do it. But boy, did it bring up to the surface of, I am above setting up tables and doing chairs. Um, and God revealed that. And it didn't feel condemning. It felt right. And to be honest, going back to this time when we brought in our friend to speak, and I came in the, you know, the evening before and set up tables and chairs and put out, you know, got all these things ready. I actually delighted in this, which I'm not saying I'm a saint by saying, I'm just saying, I love that this was actually fun. I thought I'm doing this for my friend and I'm doing this for those who will hear him tomorrow. I think it's fun when we see ourselves growing in maturity and a kind of humility and we're sort of surprised like yeah, yeah. i just did something and i wasn't even working at it i i, I gotta tell a story about how this particular podcast started gary today so <laughs> <laughs> i sent an email this morning saying let's do x you write back saying let's do y we get on the phone you know several hours ago and we both had miscommunicated you know in advance, we both had different expectations, but we talk for, you know, 15 minutes, two or three hours ago, we hang up, we've decided on a topic, we get back on the phone and we again heard each other completely differently. So you thought we were now doing Y and I thought we were doing X and we get together and I say, Gary, I'm sorry, I've been so irritable. I'm sure it's messing up my communication. And you oh, said- no, wait, 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 let's be honest. You said I was just irritated with you. Come on. Uh, maybe. So thanks. <laughs> now you're now you're undercutting my great story. No, okay, but, but keep going. I was probably irritated with you, but about the communication. And you said, yeah. I didn't notice you being irritated with me, Sam. I was irritated with you. You know. <laughs> but what I like is our first awareness was our own sin. Yeah. You know, I mean, how often is our most awareness the other person's sin? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm sitting here saying, I think our communication problems are because I'm being irritated. And you're sitting here saying, you think our irritation problem, our communication problems is your irritation. I think that's being a doormat. 
That's sort of saying, I'm willing to let go of my dignity. I'm willing to repent, you know? Yeah. And I think repenting is the same as washing the toilet and all that kind of stuff. It just takes humility. And we need God to give us that humility. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> it's funny you brought the this current moment up because before we get on the phone to start this, and of course, at the starting of this, before I turn the recorder on, we discovered we both felt different things. So, <laughs> But you know what? I remember getting on and going, Jesus, I can't do this podcast with Sam and just be and being irritated with him. My yes. heart is not right. Now, you know, th- sometimes things are legitimately irritating. But feeling irritation towards a person, you know, I thought, I, I can't do this. And the fact that you almost immediately when we got on the phone talked about the irritation you felt about this whole thing about doing this podcast released it. And I thought, you know what, I, I, can, I can follow you in this. We can do this together. And, but it did take me back. I, I did have to wrestle with the motive of my heart right now of am I lead or you lead? Am I right or are you right? Do I have the insight or do you have the insight? You know, right. And, you know, one of our themes, not that we've accomplished this, but one of the things we think is important is humility. Right. In the end, if we've got humility, friendships will happen. We'll find our calling. We'll hear God. People will like to be around us, you know, (laughs) and if we don't have humility, we won't find our calling. We probably won't hear God and people certainly will not want to be around us. So thank you for publicly sharing and airing our dirty laundry. Gary, I really appreciate (laughs) that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, people don't know how much laundry we have back in the laundry room right now. (laughs) But anyway, well, this was fun. This was fun doing this together again like the sub-theme of our podcast, right? A conversation between friends about God. And this is right. what we simply talked about, our our hearts as we try to walk with God together. So, Amen. This is fun. Let's do it yep. again next week. All right. See you, everybody. See ya. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it. And visit our websites, thenobleheart.com and beliefsoftheheart.com for more resources in living the eternal life with God today. You'll find articles, videos, and online classes. See you next week.